yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Alright, welcome to Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke, and this is the podcast where we drink, smoke, and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not going to cover too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me, and this ain't no true crime podcast. Honestly, you can't call this a history podcast, because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host. First with us today, we got DC. What up, doe? We got a big episode today, so I made sure we brought in the muscle. Welcome back to the podcast, Tank. Hey, man. How's it going, everybody? All right. And also with us today, we got Dan the Man, the Duke. Hello, everybody. And everybody, clap your hands. So I'm assuming. It's to say hello to the podcast show <laughs> with Tank DC and Dan. And the host with the most is Lock of Coast, and he's got a story to tell. And as we listen, bullshit and drink whiskey, and I'm going to get high as hell. Damn. So I'm assuming you were going for uh, like a rapper's delight. The first yes. thing I thought of was... Uh, I wasn't going for anything. I, I was going for a hello, everybody. Like definitely rapper's delight. Well, you know, if I was in the 80s, I'd be killing the game, son. Nah. Well, I still thought the 80s. I thought of uh, Revenge of the Nerds, the Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> we we'll need to do something better than Word that. Up. Hey, everybody, next time. That's when I'm going to start doing intro jams. <laughs> also, today, our today's episode is being filmed in front of a live studio audience. Ooh! <laughs> so, Ow! So that's the, the natural growth. We got keep adding more mics. You know, as we're going to have to put a uh, bench seating in the studio <laughs> at some point. That's right. So now I can start chants, waves. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, DC, why don't you uh, kick us off? Well, I got, I got kind of, I'm not sure if I had one of these on the podcast before, but definitely one of my oldies but goodies, uh, Dogfish Head 60-Minute IPA. I love this one. Um, it's your standard IPA, you know, but I really like it. I'm not sure the gravity on it, though, but it's just well, one of those go-tos. All right, uh, Duke, what do you got to drink today? Well, I'm going the uh, DC route today, and I'm going with Lagunitas IPA pretty good i mean it's pretty much the same thing that he said about his like pretty standard ipa and i dig it it's pretty good on, it's, uh, on this show it's called lagunitas lagunitas everyone <laughs> lagunitas <laughs> all right now uh well i guess uh, you know cancer's a big beer guy too but tank's kind of the workhorse he goes to the breweries that fucking you have to have a special card, you know the special <laughs> knock on the door, and then you wait there for fucking three days, oh, and, man. and then they swear at you until you fucking Hell no. walk in. I don't drive a cool enough car for that. They they still make me wait outside and drop it off in my trunk. You know, you know that scene kidding. in Goodfellas where they go to dinner and they take the back way in and all that, that famous shot? That's uh, Tank when he goes to the liquor store. Yeah. <laughs> Like you get the uh, the Ray Liotta treatment. They're like, uh, here, hey everybody, there's a guy coming in that calls us before he shows up. Yeah. And all it is, a little fifteen year old kid like working as a stock boy. And they're like, hey mister, I got your ale. Yep. I thought you guys said you had this in stock. And by the way, He's Tank a- is still responsible for introducing me to my newest favorite beer, which is Boss Tweet. All at a fight party at his house, and literally since I had it that one time. 
It's been my favorite beer. All right, man. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you like it. And if and um, just on a side note on that, uh, Old Nation's getting ready to pump out a uh, kind of once in a year beer for them called Cart Horse, and ah. it's like a spicy, um, hazy ipa it's 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 pretty good if you like a little spice in your food definitely try this brew they only make it for a little bit it's going to be pricey they they're like 17 20 bucks a four pack but anyways try that one then and that, that you, works. you won't be disappointed what was and the name of it again cart horse cart horse okay. yep man it's it's a delicious brew but yeah boss tweed man you can't go wrong throughout the whole state they got it you could buy it at any myers it's like a go-to if if you're ever sitting in front of the case and you can't make up your mind, grab you a tweed. I try and get it at Myers. That way it's fifteen ninety nine yeah, instead of seventeen exactly. ninety nine. <laughs> exactly. Listen to us. See, so I mean, even though I got the special card and shit, I still can't afford this life. But I got Irubescent uh, Imperial Red IPA, a local brew, Griffin Claw, Birmingham, Michigan, nine percent. It's a uh, Imperial Red and. I've only had two or three uh, red IPAs. They're they're pretty good. They got a lot of flavor, and uh, Griffin Claw is a good brew for a decent price, and they got a, a good selection. There's a couple of their beers I really like. And it's a cool Harry Potter house. <laughs> oh, is that is yeah. that is that what it's from? No, I don't know. Oh. It just sounds <laughs> like it. I don't, I know you watch uh, Harry Potter. But I know it's a uh, Gryffindor. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. It's I'm just... pretty sure it's Gryffindor. Because well, I did that once with pop culture, uh, motherfucker. I look like a nerd. <laughs> yeah. You did. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Take a look around. We all look like fucking dorks right now. <laughs> well, Oddsides does a Shit Dynasty from um, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And it had been so long since I seen the episode. I seen it and I was like, Shady Nasty? And my, buddy was, like, no. my buddy was like, no, motherfucker. Shit Dynasty, you go with the show we watch all the time. And I'm like, yeah, well, I guess I fucking forgot the year, the episode from eight years ago and shit. The my first bad. time I saw the episode, that's what I thought. I was like, Shady Nasty and then Shit Dynasty. I was like, oh, okay. Now and that I've, makes sense. I've seen all the Harry Potters. I haven't read the books. So I, when you said that, I was like, well, I guess I forgot Harry Potters too, you know. <laughs> Griffin Claw is really good, though. I've had a few of theirs. Uh, but if anybody's in, you know, that Royal Oak area, Birmingham area, it's a good place to stop in too. It's it's a little bit different. The inside, it's like all like park bench seating. It's like really long park benches. It's not like okay. regular table nice. chairs, but they got good food and get good beer there. And then it's one of those things in the summertime where however the door stuff is, it's all open. So it's like oh. you kind of get a breeze through there, but it's garage it's pretty, door style. So it's yeah. like a, but it's not off of a main road. Yeah, it's not off of a main road. So like you would have to know and be going there to know where it's at. It's maybe a, a half a mile from Woodward, but it's not like on a main road. You would never accidentally see it. Okay, <laughs> but Man. they're good. All right. Well, I got this uh this Founders Marvel Roast, which I never had before. My wife got it for me. It's an imperial golden ale with coffee, vanilla, milk, sugar, and cocoa nibs. <laughs> so well, I don't know. Good. I don't know what the, the nipples is. of a cocoa bean or something. <laughs> like a so you have to tell me how it tastes. Like, what would you compare? Yeah, that it to? sounds fucking delicious. It to me, it's it's kind of like a like bean flicker. Outside's bean flicker. Oh, okay, is a blonde ale with a coffee. It's uh. Well, cause you, I'm used to like the coffee beers usually being stouts and porters. Yeah. So I kind of really dig like uh an ale or something, mm-hmm. you know, blonde ales. So how is this the Marvel roast, marvelous? It's uh, it's really good. Well, and it's it's eight mm-hmm. percent. So. Oh yeah. Um, 
it'll do, it'll its do job. the trick, <laughs> right? And then we got lemon shanties in the house and shit too. So fucking lemon shanties in the house. So between the IPAs and uh, the high gravities and shit, this one could get sloppy. Yep. So we'll see how it goes. Summer, just, summer, just bear summer with us. Time, <laughs> <summertime>. <laughs> well, I don't got shit else to do but go to bed early and work in the morning. I mean, fuck it. That's all. Who who wants to be responsible? Well, before we get started, like always, we always got to thank Six Fo Swaino for letting us use this, letting us use his music in the intro. Um, we've really had a bump in our listenership over the last couple weeks, and we get a lot of positive feedback on the music. And none of that's us. The music, that's all local yeah. artists that uh, let us use it. Um, Cancer, who's a host, everybody here is hosted with him on an episode, I think. He does uh, mid-roll music. And if you have any issues trying to figure out how to spell Six Swain or anything like that, just go over to badguypodcast.com. Click on sponsors in the top, and you'll see the links to all the sponsors. Go right to their page. And another thing that's been helping some people, like some people are interested in the gangster shit, but they don't do podcasts necessarily. So I get you know questions about what apps to use and stuff like that. If you go to the website, you can go to the website and then hit the episode straight through the website. So you got somebody that's into gangster shit that's not too familiar with podcasts, just send them to the website, and we got the most recent episode. We got the, some of the most popular episodes. So they can just go hit them straight from there. It's a, it's like crack. Once we get them on one, just get them on, <laughs> get them to the website, get an episode in them. We'll get them back. Yeah. Come on over. <laughs> and then before we get into, it, I wanted to cover. We had a new listener. His name's Brett Julian. He runs what's called it's Dust Bunny Mafia. And what he is, he's a cartoon artist, mm. and he does. Uh, I got this so you guys could check it out because I thought it was really cool. So, you guys, go follow Dust Bunfia on Instagram or on Twitter, and he's a really cool guy. And what he does, he does these cartoons about mafia shit. So, all this stuff is, it's historically accurate, you know, so he looks up, you know, he does real gangsters and stuff like that, but he does, like, these cartoons with them. Like, this is an example of, like, one of his Instagram things. So, he takes these real guys, bases their nicknames, and comes up with, like, a cartoonized version of them, you know, little brief bios. Mm-hmm. But then he also does legit comic strips about like mob scenarios and some of them are like real life he's got like some mad sam de stefano ones so they're kind of funny they're well done but they're yeah. look the days of uh just the preachy history class is over you can listen to us get drunk and babble about it and they'll go look at some cartoons talk about it and it's a more palatable way to get the information damn straight yeah i like it i love whenever somebody puts like a a kind of a different spin on something that's been done over and over again. It always makes it kind of fresh and new. I like it. I like the fact that all of his characters are like animals. So, you know, it's like I could just imagine, you know, somebody nicknamed the weasel. And he, just, you know, yeah. so. he does a good job. Like I, as soon as I seen the page, I was like, dude, we gotta, we gotta talk about this on the show. So yeah. Um, dust bunny mafia. You can go find them on Instagram or Twitter. And then, uh, if you hit him up, he could he'll put you on a mailing list. It's free, and you get like like update his updated comic strips and shit like that. Right on. Back when newspapers were a thing, all I would read was sports and comics, anyways. Me so too. you know, oh, yeah. I miss them. I need comics in my life. And I used to I used to cut them out and put them on uh, on my walls and stuff. The ones I thought was funny. So I'm gonna definitely check out this guy's uh, material right here. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and get started. And the bad guy we're covering today is Jesse Evans. This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface, final scene, fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend. Okay, of course we have the AKAs there. AKA Jesse Graham, AKA Will Davis, AKA Jesse Davis. So, 
I think it's more the... like Jesse Graham. <laughs> yeah. Like he's a little so... Jesse Graham. Well, I'm going to guess that uh, that Graham means a little something. (laughs) (laughs) For kind of the first time, we've never covered a guy who's I have less of a backstory on. Now, we will get to a point in the story where I know the facts about him, but that point is not now. Okay. So he was born in 1853. Oh, old school guy. Yeah. That's about as far as we can narrow it down. He's known as Jesse Evans, but he went by so many aliases, so nobody knows his real name. So he just showed up one day. Like, yeah. no, I know, he just hit the scene <laughs> yeah. with various names of Jesse. Yeah, you got to think back during those times, even if you were trying to get a job or something, it was like birth certificate, social security card. It was like, yeah, you you got strong hands, got a strong back, <laughs> yeah. got work for you. <laughs> Pick up that box over there. All right. <laughs> we were all undocumented workers. <laughs> I don't know, boy, are you stupid? (laughs) No, sir. All right. (laughs) You're strong? Yes, sir. All right, you can get a job. You take your word for it. Boy, you dumb as a graham cracker. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) But we do know that he was for sure born in either Missouri or Texas. (laughs) Yeah, we for sure know as one of them states. Yep. He was half Cherokee, but he bore no resemblance. He had gray eyes, light hair, and fair complexion. What was funny is he was described as above average size at 5'8", 150 pounds. Okay. <laughs> oh, that dude was huge. Not a lot of food going around in his area. Damn. And he said he's he said he ain't no pansy either. Yeah. Nowadays, we have middle schoolers that size. Right. <laughs> middle school linebacker. His first run-in with the law was on June 26, 1871, when he was arrested with both of his parents for passing off counterfeit counterfeit money in elk city kansas 18 yeah 18 okay so well, maybe yeah you're right you're right <laughs> they just said that's when his his uh, age changed because they wanted to charge him as an adult yeah okay. <laughs> For, that's probably it too 14 no he's 18 he's 5 8 150 <laughs> should have 18 he was a grown-ass man yeah. they're like this boy huge ain't no way he's 12 <laughs> <laughs> you got his birth certificate parents using the counterfeit money too or just him i'm curious it just said him and his parents all right they're passing it off it was a family oh, okay. business yeah. all right i know you said not much backstory i just yeah. i didn't i just wanted to process that for a second he ends up getting released before his parents and he headed to the new mexico territories on his own looking for work so it basically said fuck these parents i'm out these, these parents are a bad influence on me i, I would have got away with it if it wasn't for these two <laughs> yeah so he leaves his parents, goes to New Mexico territories. He begins working as a cowboy at different ranch, uh, different ranches, including working for John Chisholm. But he found uh, cattle ranch work to be a lot of labor, and eventually just caught on with the John Kinney game, which was one of the more notorious gangs in the territory. Yeah, so he was just a young guy, not giving a fuck about trying to work. He's like, I can just go rob shit and live that life. Uh, the John Kinney game, they specialize in cattle rustling and armed robbery. And his cowboy skills made him a valuable asset to the gang. Jesse Evans and John Kinney soon became good friends. On New Year's Eve, 1875, John Kinney, Evans, and two other gang members were celebrating at a saloon in the city of Las Cruces when an argument broke out between U.S. cavalry soldiers based out of Fort Selden. And uh, turns into a big brawl and John Kinney gang gets mollywhopped pretty bad. So they just got caught up in the ruckus? 
you know, they're thinking we're fucking, we're the John Kinney gang yeah. motherfuckers and we ain't going to put up with your shit. And they're like, well, we're army guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. we're, the, we're the same dudes, but we got a bigger gang. And there's one thing you know about army guys. You don't start fights with them in saloons or bars <laughs> or wherever the fuck. Yeah. Cause that's what they live for <laughs> is that's their good time outside of fucking being on a base and whatever. Like they go to bars and fight and shit. That is very true. Kinney gang gets Molly Watt pretty bad. So the outlaws escape and they return and shoot up the saloon. They end up killing two soldiers and a civilian, and then wounded two more soldiers and a civilian. Doesn't that remind you of, like, every cartoon when you were a kid? The bad guy gets beat up, and then he run away, and then he comes back and does something really bad. Oh, that's... <laughs> that's, like, the theme of every cartoon. It's like, ah, oh, I lost. No, I didn't. <laughs> you right. just keep yeah. coming back. There's no uh, loss when you can just come back the next day with a bigger <laughs> weapon, right? Yeah. Right. That's why they are the John Kinney gang. And not the army guy. Like, so, I mean, technically, I guess they lost that battle, but they, they won the war they on that boy. Yeah. See, to your point, though, too, you think about the army guys. They go out and fight because it's like for fun. And they go back and it's like, oh, all of this is over here. But the gang is like, no, in their mind, I have to get you back. Right. You know, the, the, the army guys like, listen, I have a real war that I might be going into. We got training. I just went out to have fun. That yeah. was fun. Win, lose, or like, draw. No. Yeah, it was, like, it was fun. That was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you it's bringing like, up old shit? It's like the, it's like the, uh, the uh, Dave Chappelle, Rick James. He's yeah. like, he was like, you hit me. He's like, that was yesterday. <laughs> no, you hit me today. Yeah. <laughs> After the big shootout, the problem is uh, John Kenny was so fucked up, they couldn't move him. So he had to stay in the area and lay low while he took the time to heal up. Laying low wasn't really the uh, John Kenny gang's strong suit. So on January 19th, Evans and two other gang members ended up killing a man named Corino Fletcher on the streets of Las Cruces. Like the opposite of laying low, fellas. <laughs> Which, I mean, you think would be a tough task back in those days anyways, because they couldn't move him far. And like, hey, you guys remember that big shootout that happened? That's the only action in the area probably in that time. You know what I mean? Like mm. the giant shootout is probably the biggest news Man. to happen. Talk about rolling the fucking dice. We're going to kill a dude right out in the well, street. What the they did later. was they switched glasses. Yeah. One <laughs> guy, they put on fake uh, mustaches. And I think that's probably why they killed that dude. He recognized him and goes, hey, ain't you part of the kidney game? Shut your mouth. <laughs> Killed no, him. I'm Will Davis, not from Missouri, <laughs> but from Texas. <laughs> so the John Kinney gang, they invented the the glasses with the mustache on them. <laughs> yeah. I love how I love how like every one of our uh subjects always invents shit. They're always the first one. Groucho Marx stole the baby. stole the look from them. Yep. So on this one, Jesse Evans doesn't get away with. Uh, he gets arrested and tried for the murder, but they did some old school, some pre-gangster witness intimidation. At this time, they just called it school. <laughs> and he ends up getting acquitted. Oh, the glove probably didn't fit. You saw nothing. Well, just like we were talking about either earlier, it's, you know, it's hard to hide out or whatever. Yeah, witness intimidation, shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Your Honor, witnesses said he was wearing glasses. Now, do you see glasses on this gentleman here? No, sir. And, 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 uh, sir, they say he had a, a mustache. Do you, do you, sir, look at his upper lip. Do you see any follicles resting underneath his nostrils and above his lip or area? No, sir. Okay, well, I believe, Your, your, your Honor, I believe this is mistaken identity, sir. The big problem was kind of Jesse Evans had kind of alpha John Kinney at this point. They all got their ass whooped, but John Kinney couldn't get up and walk away. 
So Jesse Evans has to lead the gang to shoot up the bar. And then then he kills another dude and gets away with it and shit. And, you know, that's all stripes, right? You're just fucking putting your little, you're working your way up the ladder and shit. I swear, Kenny, I didn't mean to get away with it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jesse Evans decided to take uh, Kenny's best guys and just went and started his own gang. Oh, how it works. The double cross. He's like, fuck you. You think I'm trying to take over your gang? Well, fuck it, I'm going to take over your gang. <laughs> Go straight back to that uh, Rick James episode who said, yeah. I didn't stomp on his couch. But I love that he's like, hey, Jesse, I hear I hear John's kind of mad at you. He thinks you're taking over your gang. Fuck him, he thinks I'm... Do- All right, I'm not going to take over his gang. I'm just going to take the best of you and leave. I don't want the shitty ones. Start just a new gang. Ones. How you about guys, that? Like, you guys can still be the Kenny gang. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're gonna... You made the cut. We're going to have Kenny gang Olympics. We're going to see who makes the cut. I see them all doing like tricks on horses, going on one side, doing like spinning their guns. There's a gun flipping contest, a horse saddling contest, a bucking bronco contest. Oh no, you're definitely a yeah. Kenny guy. Go over there. Then they're over there with cars. Like raising up numbers, 8.5 and shit. That's grand material. Now, the Jesse Evans game, historically, they call them the Jesse Evans gang. They called themselves the boys. The boys spend the next few years committing robberies and cattle wrestling, which was your 1800s bread and butter. Here's the ironic part. The only difference between earlier, he said cattle ranching was too much work. The only difference between cattle ranching and cattle rustling is it's stolen cows. Oh, that's different. Oh, that's that's way different. That's what I thought it was. And and, because back in the day, you got to figure you could have rolled up in the middle of the night. And when you got a gang and just like what you said, I mean, half the people didn't even want to pull out a gun back then. And maybe they couldn't when you rolled up with your whole, you know, new and improved Evans gang and shit. <laughs> four in the morning, you're stealing their, their cattle in the middle of the night. Maybe not their whole. Well, you steal what you can. Yeah. You know, yeah. they do like the fence cutting, like they know where they would graze. You just cut off a little piece and they let them wander out far enough. You just right under the moonlight. Yeah. You just, I mean, cattle's are big, stupid animals. They go where you <laughs> cowboy them to go. Yeah. They just follow you and now they're your cows. I thought they were just delicious animals, <laughs> but yeah. They ended up working with a network of other gangs that spread from New Mexico to California. And they started what at the time they called a chain gang, which is very different than what we know a chain gang now. Yes. So now you think a chain gang, you think of guys in prison working you know the work duty or whatever working on the chain yeah i was gonna say or that that 50s song right maybe 60s can't get away one of those decades that's the sound of the men get back working (laughs) on the chain what movie was that that was a movie it's uh it's lawrence fishburne and charlie sheen that's Cadence. Just, oh, yeah. Cadence. That's well, what that's, just a, that's been in a bunch of different movies. Yeah. That's just a famous <laughs> like a song. Yeah. Oh, don't you know? So they their chain gang was, they basically started a link of, like, so like I said, the gangs would go from New Mexico to California. And what they would do is they'd swap each other stolen cows. So they would steal cows and move them from territory to territory. So it became hard they were cattle launderers? Yeah. You couldn't yeah. figure out where they, who they originally belonged to. You couldn't figure out who stole them. So it was hard to prosecute. So well, it was basically free cows. So well, this for was... people that don't know, too, like the way they tie a cow was they would brand them. And a lot of them were very simple designs. They were just a couple of lines doing shapes. So a lot of them uh, found ways to uh, 
with rod iron, like add little lines here and there, like changing a four to an eight or like right, when okay. you used to fail in school, get like a shitty F or whatever, try to change that bitch to a B. Like, no, that's my family farm crest, dude. Yeah. What you talking about? So that's how they would like re-tag them and rebrand them okay. and shit. See, that's why I love this podcast. I was going to ask that question. I didn't have to do it because Dan explained it before I could ask the question. Yep. I was going to be like, don't they brand them? Like, we'll see. They do, but let me tell you how it works. They, they just cross that brand out. They just cross it and make a new one next to well, it. At some point, you could brand it so much that it's just a giant scar. And yeah. you're in California. This cow comes from a fucking 300 miles away. That might as well be a million. Whatever. Yeah. I'll take it. Whatever this mark is. It ain't the five fucking ranches around here, well, so ain't nobody tripping. Also, you know? cattle don't live that long, and they don't get sold and resold that often. So if a cow's been rebranded that many times, it's been, like, stolen and been on, like, the black market a bunch of times. So they just move them up and down the chain gang. Uh, John Kinney ended up working under John Evans in the chain gang, wrestling cattle. Wow, so he took over his gang. Made a new gang, and then he came to work for him. On you know that 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 other gang, you were right. Those guys were shit. Can I come work for you. I mean, John Kennedy was very impressive in the gun flipping contest. I mean, was he not gonna let him in? I want to try out too. Shit. I mean, so so I'm not gonna take your gang. I'm just gonna start my own gang and make you work for it. Hey, why not? Well, I'm pretty sure that's uh, taking my gang, but uh, I mean, I need to make some money, and it seems yeah. like you're moving to California. Well, so. that's another thing. It was like John. Well, you know what, Jesse? At first, I was pissed, but it turned out you kind of knew what you was doing. I mean, look what you did. You made the Pony Express for cattle laundering. <laughs> look at this. The way you turn them marks into other marks. Well, well, gosh darn, Jesse, I'm so proud of you. You know, Jesse was probably a genius. He had at least a third grade education. <laughs> genius. He had parents. <laughs> exactly. And he got away from them for counterfeiting money. This motherfucker's counterfeiting cattle. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think it was that he moved on because he was pissed at them. I think he moved in because they got him caught. Like, he, these motherfuckers don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I, gotta, I gotta move on to bigger, better things. These parents are holding me back. They're shitty counterfeiters. I'm ready to pull Catch Me If You Can Cattle Edition with these cattle <laughs> yeah. and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> at one point billy the kid rides with him in silver city at that point billy was considered a greenhorn outlaw but even then they say he was a natural with a firearm on horseback like billy the kid was always good like people would dispute a bunch of different stuff about him nobody ever doubts he was good but at that time like he was kind of new to it he was a guest judge on one of their competitions <laughs> a former new mexico governor and author i put the spot to put the name and i forgot to put the name there but he was a New Mexico governor and author. It's the thought that counts. Yeah, I mean, you Fill know. Fill in the name. Yeah, just, you know, 1800, somewhere around there, you know. He wrote that book about <laughs> Billy the Kid, that one. Let me look it up. Governor Dick I got to do all the fucking work for you, Sean. I'm going to go with Dick Beetle. <laughs> so Dick Beetle writes this book. And in it, <laughs> he said uh, he described the relationship as a teacher-student relationship. And he said that Billy the Kid's image was heightened due to his relationship with Jesse Evans, not vice versa. Oh, okay. So wait, Jesse taught Billy the Kid? I mean, they weren't together for a long, long time. I I'm think... saying in the Apprentice uh, relationship, Billy yes. the Kid was the Apprentice? Yeah. When Billy the Kid was coming up, saying, I'm with the Jesse Evans gang was more impressive than I'm with Billy the Kid. Makes sense because you figure that gang had been around for a while. They had terrorized a couple areas, made a name in stealing cattle. And Billy the Kid was known as a gunslinger, but it takes time for one person's name of just slinging guns to... Uh, travel versus a 
whole gang going state to state. Right. Counting fritting cows. Well, it's crazy when you go and you look back at, like, the Wild West, like, all these outlaws. A lot of it is, like, the MCU. There's so much overlap of them working together and being with each other and being, like, cousins and family and shit. Mm-hmm. The fall of 1876, Jesse decides to move his uh, move the boys to better hunting grounds for cattle rustling. So between the growing population of small local ranchers, the Mescalaro Panchee Reservation, and then the large John Chisholm-owned ranches, which he had over 100,000 100, heads of cattle, Jesse Evans decides that they're going to settle in Lincoln County. So See, th- they had to have one hell of a bookkeeper. Like, imagine the fucking <laughs> cattle gets all switched around. <laughs> then, like, you try to resell, like... Like the cattle that was stolen last week from Musk. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, okay, I gotta, not that one, not that one. This I gotta one, double this check one. these marks. This, one. this is the big question. At this point, mm-hmm. 1876, this would put our guy Jesse at 23 years old? Yeah, in a busy 76, year. 76, yes, 23. 23 years old. How old was Billy the Kid at this town? This man is still a kid. And he's um, running the whole gang state to state. He was That's Billy the toddler. <laughs> We got we got Jesse the old man and Billy the kid. Well, a lot of like cowboys. <laughs> Billy the kid was six years younger, so Billy the yeah. kid would have been seventeen. Okay. Well, okay. cowboys start at like four, 13, 14, and that's, that's why they're cowboys. Like, and, and, and you said it earlier, the the third grade education. I mean, you were probably closer than your joke, <laughs> you know, thought it was to the truth. As, as soon as your balls drop, yeah. you, you get on a horse. It's time. That's what I yeah. like, fourteen. Well, you're a grown man and shit. And not to get too into it, but Billy the kid started outlawing at fourteen. Okay. Gotcha. Now, the most prominent, powerful businessman in Lincoln County was named Lawrence Murphy. He was an Irish immigrant and a union veteran who owned the local store, LG Murphy and Company. Most people referred to it as the store. It's one hell of an easy nickname. That's yeah. Right. That's when you got a monopoly. Where are you going to the store? There's only one. Yeah. <laughs> so he was the classic rich cattle baron dude that ran the town? Right. And uh, he, he was a, called a mercantile store, which just means... What, it's the store. It's the Walmart of back in the day. Yeah. They have all your shovels, all your wheelbarrows, all your guns, all your flour, all your corn. <laughs> well, and you hit it on the head. Due to a monopoly, he charged high prices, and he was just robbing local farmers and ranchers. He'd charge them out the ass. Oh. And they would have to do it because right. it's the only spot to go. So Looks like a sneaky motherfucker. Murphy had so much money, so he's inf- uh, he was influential with local law enforcement. He had an alliance with the local sheriff, Sheriff William Brady, who operated as Murphy's security. A.K.A. had him in his pocket. With Sheriff Brady and the law on his side, Murphy would encourage gangs like Jesse Evans to steal from ranchers like Chisholm. And then he'd resell livestock at elevated price. So Jesse Evans could steal their cattle, move them to California, bring in new cattle. He could sell the new cattle at a higher price because they would need some because theirs is gone. Fucking genius. I mean, you look at that, that's kind of like how banking slash credit card stuff works. It's like, we'll give you everything you need to get into debt. Now you want to get out of debt? Oh, we won't own those companies too. So if you pay us, we'll help you get out of debt. Oh, you've gotten out of debt. Here's credit cards. (laughs) Take some more debt. It's a revolving door. That's how you keep the money coming in. So between his unethical business practices and elevated prices, the area was hungry for a competitive option, which came in the form of John Tunstall. John Tunstall was a wealthy Englishman and banker. He partnered with a local attorney named Alexander McSween, and with the support of John Chisholm, they started a mercantile store called J.H. Tunstall and Company. Basically, everybody's like, man, if we could go anywhere else, we would. 
And he was like, well, here, I'll start a new place. Okay. Well, not only that, but he joined up with Chisholm, who was the other uh, big dude in town, too. Well, and it's kind of a no-brainer when the other guy is having them steal all your fucking cows. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Are you going to steal my cows? No. no. Well, then, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, I'm with you. Wait. Not if you join with Sounds us. like a great business plan now. Murphy's all pissed. That, that son of a bitch, Chisholm, he brought in an Englishman. He imported help. Uh, well, that's exactly what happened. So, because it was uh, old country beef. Murphy was an Irishman. He was an immigrant, and he hated the English. Yeah. So, if, okay, there's the business thing. He hates that. You want to move in on his monopoly. I'm killing the game, so you want to move in. But he hated him first because he was an Englishman. Yeah. Small reason why I would hate the English. <laughs> Due to the amount of theft in the area, the Tunstall faction hired local cowboys and gunmen to protect his livestock. The group included Jose Chavez, E. Chavez, who was covered on the podcast, all right. Doc Skurlock, Dick Brewer, and Billy the Kid. So this is the group we all know from Young Guns. So it's as the, the regulator. Re- the regulators. Oh, my bad. Regulators! Yeah. <laughs> it took every ounce of my energy not to do that. So when he did it, I was like, all right. At least somebody did it. <laughs> as a response to Tunsdale arming up with the regulators, uh, the Murphy faction put Jesse Evans and the boys on his payroll. The tension between the two factions turned to violence on February 18, 1878, when Jesse Evans, accompanied with three other men from his gang, shot and killed John Tunstall. Tunstall was shot in the chest with a rifle and through the back of his head with his own revolver. Damn. The murder of John Tunstall started what is now known as the Lincoln County Wars. Okay. Well, see, they probably thought that would fit because they went right for the top. Like, they took out the top guy, they figured, all right, take this guy out and we're done. Clearly, they didn't see fucking young guns, because that's not how the fuck it goes. It doesn't work like that. All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a real quick smoke break, refill our drinks, and we'll be back in a minute. Thunder bombarded, I'm flaming dark, put a part in them 
recognize when they murder me. So we got this. Uh, we all got this beer tank brought to share with the group. What is, what is this? It looked like a Boss Tweed. Is it the same? Um, it's it's from Old Nation. It's a uh, Full Earth. It's part of their uh, New England series that they do. Their New England IPA series, and it's a uh, just like what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Cart Horse. It's one of their kind of yearly. We do it when we're gonna bruise. Their and, beer of the year. Uh, yep, and uh, it's nine percent. It's got a lot of flavor, man. They call it full earth, and they hit it on the head. It's really earthy. Yeah. It's got a lot of tones to it, I guess you could say. But And it's super strong, and the best thing about Old Nation is they hide their strength with a really good, flavorful beer, which will sneak up on you if you if you forget. This is the only thing I'll say. Just like in the podcast, you know, how Jesse took over, you know, because, you know, he just, he just had the, you know, he had it. Tank is pretty much the beer general now. Based on the beers he's introduced me to, he's the. I don't know who was there before, but Tank's the guy. <laughs> so everybody this, else fall in line. That's who was your John Kenny? I don't listen. It's Tank now. That, <laughs> whoever else doesn't matter. Hell yeah! <laughs> That's all you need to know. It's Tank now. We were talking about it before we started. We came back from break, and uh, DC was talking about how they their taste is different. You know, their their IPAs have a different taste. And I was reading an article about one of their brewers, and he spent time all over the world. Well, basically all over the beer world, which is Europe and America, basically. But like, <laughs> we're so, Americans. That's the whole world, yeah. right? American Europe. So, where the fuck else is there? So, anyways, that's that's where that that's where that skill comes from. You know what I mean? At least that's what I tell myself from the articles. I I've read and the research I've done is that that's where that skill comes from, man. When you've got the experience and you can uh, mix and match them like that, the flavors that they get are, it's hard to find. Before we, we went to break, I had a Oma Gang Brewery from uh, Cooperstown, New York, Neon Rainbows IPA. And it's a good IPA, but 
they just they use some of the same ingredients that some of these Michigan IPAs have in them. But I don't know if I'm biased, but they they ain't getting the fl- same flavor. I think right now is it's just hard to compete with Michigan beer. So we left off. They kicked off the League of County Wars. Like we said, we've all seen Young Guns. Uh, Jesse Evans was on the Murphy faction. They also had Sheriff Brady. So a lot of the regulator shit, they did a lot of duking it out with like the deputies and the sheriffs and Murphy's guys like that. Jesse Evans' gang was kind of like, he's like the grimier operations. Like the other guys would do like a little shootout or whatever, but when you need someone to assassinate John Tunsdall or go do some dirty shit. He was special forces. Well, he, was not, those... he was Blackwater. He wasn't even that. He was a special <laughs> defense <laughs> contractor and shit. Special mercenary team. This ain't a sheriff job, Jesse. You get that gig. Well, this isn't exactly legal, but you can get the job done. We had to call in some outside help. So legend has it, through the course of the war, Billy the Kid was afraid of Jesse Evans. Quote from Emerson Hugh in his 1907 book, Story of the Outlaw, Jesse Evans was one of the very few men that did not fear the Billy Kid. He always said a kid might beat him with a Winchester, but he feared no man living with a six-shooter. That's right. Right on. Well, I mean, if that used to be his apprentice, he don't want to... Give Billy the Kid no credit. It's like, I taught him his shit. Just because you can drag race don't mean you can road race. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> other historians say that between the two men, one was afraid of the other, and he was relieved that the other was afraid. I can believe that. I mean, you look at that in, in other areas. Combat, boxing, MMA, have two guys that are, you know, really at the top. They're really afraid of each other, yeah. you know, and afraid of catching that L. And back in these days, that L meant death, yeah. you know? <laughs> so it's like you respect them, they respect you, and, you know, you see each other and you give them the eye and then you go the opposite way. March 6, 1878, William Morton and Frank Baker, who were two of Jesse Evans' top lieutenants. So they came over from the Kenan gang, and they were both with him when he killed John Tonsdale. Two of them, they were both killed by regulators. Mm. On that same day, Jesse Evans and Tom Hill were caught rustling sheep. In an ensuing shootout, Hill was killed and Jesse Evans was uh, shot in the lung. Well, I mean, it's like I always say, though. Don't go rustling brand new sheep. We stick to the cattles and the steers that you used to. You do always say that. If I had a dime for every time I heard that shit, man. That's what I'm saying. You'd be as rich as Tillsdale. So that was a big hit to the Jesse Evans gang, but Jeff, Jesse Evans gets pissed. April 29th, because he's got to heal up for a little bit because he got shot in the lung. Wait, he's angry about that? <laughs> yeah. How do you even When they killed from... all his boys. It's fucking 1870s. How do you even recover from that, man? That's amazing. That's I thought that was going to be it. That was a quick, the, we were the fastest episode after the break ever, and the story's <laughs> over. Like, motherfucker got shot in the lung in 1870s, some shit. So April 29th, 1878, Evan leads a posse. Uh, they tracked down a group of regulators, and they killed Frank McNabb and critically wounded Abe Saunders, who di- ended up dying later. That's what is now known as the gunfight at Fritz Ranch. So, Jesse Evans, between his injuries, after the gunfight at Fritz Ranch, he's not too involved until July 15th, when they had holed up 15 regulators in Alexander McSween's house. We covered on the show in the Chavez episodes what's known as the Battle of Lincoln. It's a, in Young Guns also. It's kind of a big deal. You can Google that one. <laughs> I love that story. So basically, the gang surrounds the house. The second day, the army comes in. Eventually, they light the house on fire. I so, believe it was Jimmy Jam that did it. We don't know who lit the house on fire. They were the black ops guys. I mean, they were out there for five days. They had the military and shit at some point. They're like, hey. Hey, hey, General, General, come here. Hey, 
you know, we can light this motherfucker on fire. You ain't got to do it. I'll do it. That's what we do. You don't have to know nothing. This conversation never happened. In the fire, a handful of regulators, including Billy the Kid and our boy Chavez, escaped from the Battle of Lincoln. When it was over, two members of the Murphy faction were killed and ten were wounded and five regulators were killed, including Alexander Mesween, who was a non-combatant. That's Young Guns 1. The yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> the next day, Jesse Evans led a group of other Murphy men who looted the Tunstall store. Tunstall and McSween were both dead, and the remaining regulars scattered in different di- directions as fugitives. Murphy died of cancer on October 20th, 1878, and Jesse Evans stayed in the area to pursue criminal activities. Susan McSween tried to utilize legal and political connections to pursue charges in the murder of Alexander McSween and get amnesty for the remaining regulators. So her whole thing was they were deputized. John Tunstall was murdered. My husband was murdered. We were supposed to be in the right. You're not supposed to kill them. And the politicians and the sheriff are like, well, I don't know. So she hires an attorney named Houston Chapman who starts to make some progress with the, the case. The, on the one-year anniversary of John Tunsdale, Jesse Evans and Billy the Kid called a truce. They met in Lake County, squashed the war, and Jesse Evans and Billy the Kid were cool. See, this this picture represents how a truce really is, because you really still don't trust the person. So it's like all the guys around her are like on guard, and even them even shaking like, hands, it's like, all right, come come, come on, Dan, come come. There's uh, one uh, dog that's uh, like, all right, all right, don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. That's what it looks same like. Same time, in the same time, same time, and one, two, break. <laughs> So the truce ended up lasting a couple hours. They went and had a bunch of drinks to celebrate. And then Jesse Evans and them seeing Houston Chapman walking down the street. And they shot him and killed him. So this is for sure. I had my fingers crossed behind my back. (laughs) That handshake didn't count. Wait a minute. I forgot all about that. Like as a kid, it's like, oh no, I crossed my fingers. You asked for a handshake. You should have asked for a pinky promise, you stupid son of a bitch. Shoulder shrug emoji. Don't know what to tell you. Oh, man. So, by now, they had wrapped up the Lincoln County War and they're trying to clean shit up. So, they murdered this fucking lawyer in the middle of the street. So, they're like, okay, so Jesse Evans is a bad guy. So, uh, oh, oh, no, no, he's a bad guy. Officially. It was cool all this time just letting cribs on fire. He Fuck was him. the lawyer. He wasn't in the gang. After the murder, both gangs split in separate directions. And that was the last time that Jesse Evans and Billy the Kid ever seen each other. Uh, the boys were pursued by the Texas Rangers, who at that time was like the baddest of the badass law enforcement guys. So they ran down the Jesse Evans gang over three states. Uh, they had like a series of shootouts where his like gang slowly got killed off. Eventually they're down to three gang members when they got cornered in Presida del Norte in Mexico. Which I didn't think you're supposed to do that for the Texas Ranger. I thought once you made it to old Mexico, then, then you made it. Like Mm-mm. But that is the Texas Ranger, so they're like, yeah. Well fuck, you know. Yeah. We, we just rules. 
I made a joke earlier about smooth faces, but that picture, I mean, I know they're, they're law enforcement agencies or agents, so maybe they they have access to more barbers, but damn, man, that's some decently smooth faces for back then. Well, it's picture day. Like a lot of, yeah. I mean, this wasn't, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> well, this is picture day in 18 fucking 80. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? You don't do that three times a year. Like you do that you're once right. in a life. That was like a thing. They, yeah, they rode from a state over oh, to take yeah. a picture. So in that shootout, Jesse Evans kills a ranger named George Bingham and wounds a ranger named D.T. Carson. Eventually, he gets arrested. He gets overwhelmed. Both other gang members were shot and dying. Now, he ended up getting charged with second-degree murder of the ranger George Bingham. He got sentenced to 20 years in Huntsville State Prison, which helped podcast alum James Lucas and Dog the Bounty Hunter in 1977 for 18 months on a murder charge. Damn. All the heavy hitters. Yeah. No shit. Well, it's for sure the B team, but whatever. I mean, you got somebody. <laughs> May 23rd, 1888, Jesse Evans escaped from prison and was never heard from again. What year is this? Oh, wow. 18, I'm sorry, 1882. That's so ripe old age of 29, old man. Dude, that's an action-packed seven years, man. That's an action-packed seven years. And this is the story of how one man finally learned how to lay low. <laughs> Never heard from again, man. That's that's impressive. Well, well he either just, that or else he got, he he got killed right away. He just changed his name. He was heard from again, but... Under a different name. I'm from Nebraska now. Yep. Was Nebraska? I don't even know if Nebraska was a state back then. But... <laughs> well, it is now. It is now. That's where he's, <laughs> that's where he's from. from. So in 1948, a probate investigator named William Morrison met with an elderly man named Joe Hines while investigating Joe's claim for his deceased younger brother's land in North Dakota. So me with Joe Hines, and at some point in the interview, it turns out that he had lived for a long time under the alias Joe Hines to cover up for his involvement in the Lincoln County Wars. Okay. This uh, William Morrison guy, like he's a historian or whatever, he's an investigator mm-hmm. and shit, so he knew mm-hmm. about the shit. So he starts talking to him, and at some point, uh, Joe Hines tells him that Billy the Kid was never killed and was still alive in Texas under an alias. Now, he always refused to give any specific information regarding his location or alias, but it led to the investigation that resulted in the discovery of O.L. Roberts, a.k.a. Brushy Bill. Brushy Bill is the old guy that Emilio Estevez played at the end of Young Guns 2. Some people have a conspiracy theory that Billy the Kid was never killed by Pat Garrett and Brushy Bill was him. Sounds like a, a big departure there, Billy the Kid. Like, well, I'll keep half of my old name in my new name. <laughs> But I've bitched about that before. It just didn't seem like they like four aliases and they all have your original ass name in it. Like, come on, man. I ain't a kid no more. I got brushy. <laughs> I'm not going to get too into it now, but there's actually another story of a guy that people say could have been Billy the Kid, whose name was John Miller. And I'm not saying I think John Miller is Billy the Kid, but I've what I'm saying is if one of them is Billy the Kid, <laughs> it's not brushy fucking Bill. John Miller's a bad... Like, if we're going conspiracy theory, we're going to go with the good story. All right. And the good story is John Miller, not brushy fucking Bill. I'm not saying it's true. Right. But if one of them is true, this one definitely yeah. is true. And you know what? Billy the Kid maybe might, might not have gave a shit about that. Like, yep, 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 that's him. <laughs> that dude over there is definitely the uh, Billy the Brushy the... What was the other one? All right. Brushy Bill and John Miller. John Miller? That's that's him. All three of them is him. That's, I'm, Brushy boy John Miller. I want to lay low. Despite evidence that Morris found convincing enough to write a book and file for a pardon with the New Mexico governor on behalf of Billy the Kid, due to a bunch of inconsistencies, most people discredit the Brushy Bill story. But based on Morrison's notes, uh, most historian researchers believe that Joe Hines was Jesse Evans. 
most people that know Billy the Kid have heard the Brushy Bill story, but nobody's ever heard the Joe Hines story. And if it wasn't for Joe Hines, there'd be no Brushy Bill story. And he was probably Jesse Evans. But if the last time they saw each other was the handshake thing, how would he know he became Brushy Bill? Well, that was just our part of it. We don't know, so we don't know if they just met up somewhere else. 30 years know. later. Hmm. Look, I just researched the information. I didn't write the story. <laughs> we, Believe I mean, me, Jesse Evans knew a brushy bill. Explain really this, did. then. All right. Well, well, let's just let's like call that. the fucking New Mexico governor that wrote a fucking book, and I'll ask him why the fuck Billy the Kid did that. I don't know. Well, I'm just saying, Money. based on that, we think that dude would be, like, a member in the Lincoln Wars on Billy the Kid's side, not the opposite side. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, like, uh, they always say uh, Bo Schembechler and Woody Woody Hayes, right? Like, at one point, once the 10-year war was over and they were done with Michigan-Ohio State, they were, like, the only guys that could relate to each other. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they ended up being, Combat. like, Combat best. year after year. Yeah. Cause nobody appreciates that fucking commitment or whatever, like the other guy. Yeah. Well, you figure, too, That's you know, the kids went on, and, you know, in this case... The people died off, you know, two leaders left. But, you know, in the case of football, kids graduate, go to NFL, some go bust, and we just keep duking it out. All right, so that's the story of Jesse Evans. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Go on. The last time you're going to see a bad guy like this again, let me tell you. If we were going to cast a movie, now obviously there's been movies about the, the regulators and shit. We were going to make a movie about Jesse Evans. Who would you cast to play him? You guys haven't seen a picture yet. You guys got a guess before? What's the guy's name that played in uh, Batman Dark Knight? He was like the, I guess, doctor you would call him or whatever. He had the little mask thing. He oh, was, the Scarecrow guy? I guess that's what Cillian Murphy? Was, that sounds know, right. What, what made me think about it is like you said, fair skin, light eyes, da da And that guy, that was the first person that popped into my head when you said it. Plays crazy pretty good, too. Yes, he's definitely well, he's probably a, crazy in real he's life. He's an English gangster in uh, Peaky Blinders. What is his name so I can Google Cillian it? Cillian Murphy. Murphy. I said plays... it like I knew it, like I didn't <laughs> steal it from him. Yeah, he plays a gangster in a lot of shit. Well, old school like gangster. Damn, damn, that sounds so familiar. And I watch Peaky Blinders. I can't believe I'm that bad with names where I can't relate It's the to, main uh... guy. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. See, I thought at the beginning of the episode, yep, that's the guy. He's uh, Native American, though. That's it. They did. He, but they, they said, said you couldn't tell. Oh, okay. They yeah. said you couldn't tell. That's, at that's all. definitely the guy I was right. thinking about. Either you got a guess? I'm trying to rack my brain. I can't really think of anyone. All right, so here's a picture of Jesse Evans. If you go find this picture, it's called Jesse Evans and some woman. Okay. <laughs> the funny part yeah, is the so. some woman looks more like Cillian Murphy's and uh Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. No, I'm, I'm being serious. Locke is laughing really hard. You have the <laughs> microphone, but I'm actually being serious. It's not a very strong likeness, and it's somebody that I've uh, suggested before, but the guy that plays Ramsey on Game of Thrones. He's got dark hair, but I mean, whatever. Well, you can do whatever with the hair. the characters kind yeah. of murder wild man. very Ramsey-ish. There is a reason why I was drawing a blank, because even after seeing this picture, I'm still drawing a blank on somebody I'll get to play him. He uh, has a very defined jaw-chin structure, almost like, what's that really big wrestler? I know this guy is not a big guy, but what's that really big wrestler with, like, the ponytail? He's like a... I think All he of has, 
I was gonna I was gonna give you one more clue. I think he has uh the the uh what is it called? Gigantic schism thing that uh Bigfoot Silver has. What oh gigantism? Yeah, I think he has that. He's oh, like a, what's his name? What is that guy? It's name? the Great Caller. Yeah, oh, something great. like that. Yeah. If you look at like, I don't yeah, know, like he's got that elongated face. Yeah, really, and really long and defined. But like, he's five eight one fifty. He's the world's yes. smallest giant. Yes. <laughs> but back then, this was a strapping young lad. Yes. I don't know, man. I'm going like Harrelson or uh, McConaughey for some reason. With anyone from now. True Detective? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for, for now, now that I've seen the picture, it's easy. You know, what no. about Young Jay Leno? <laughs> You're really hating on this young man's face, man. No, hell of a chin. I'm just saying it's a defined chin <laughs> there. A chin, man. You know, I would have went Uriah Faber, but you know, I got to take like four inches off of the guy's height. DC just wants to know why the long face. <laughs> well, so now we got to do the DEFCON scale. So standard DEFCON scale is five to one, five being the lowest, one being the highest. On well, the bad guy podcast, nobody's bad. Uh, nobody's a good guy. So five would be Lee Murray who's your crack dealing, kidnapping bank robber. And one would be the purple gang who's had multiple gang wars, multiple massacres, and they're killing people on the streets. So on a scale of Lee Murray to the purple gang, where would you rank Jesse Evans? Uh, this is a tough one because he ran with a gang for so long. Nothing was really specific to him, but I mean, you know, he had a, it was a short reign. It was seven years, but he had a lot in those seven years. You know, he shot out with other gangs Shout out with the police. Shout out with, no, the Army was on his side. So that's a plus. He got the Army on his side to shoot out with the other Well, they guys. also got into a big uh, ballroom blitz with yes. the uh, oh, yeah. Army. So, yeah. So um, I'm going to say I'm leaning toward a three, but I'm going to give him a two. Uh, he definitely has some bodies out there. And even as he was going down a stretch of things, you know, taking a couple guys out before he went to jail and eventually disappeared. So... But this is a tough one. I was divided between a two and a three. I'm just going to give him a two because I think he's done a lot more than what we have documentation for. I got to go with a three. I was I was thinking hard about it. Thanks for going first because it gave me a little extra time. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going with a three because uh, it was a short burn. He disappeared. And there's a struggle there, too. Like, did he disappear because he was a badass motherfucker after that? And he figured out a way to stay off the radar and under the books and shit? Or did he disappear because his fast burn... I'm sorry, I said slow burn earlier, but his fast burn was seven years of hard fucking living, and he didn't want that shit no more. So I'm going with a three, because I think uh, what we do know about him warrants that. Um, I don't think he got into the two atmosphere. He's not in the two atmosphere. <laughs> I go with a little mixture of both you guys, because, like DC said, you don't, uh, there wasn't a lot of personal shit to him, and that's how I judge these guys, if they were just violent, asshole sort of people. This guy just seemed, by the numbers, classic cattle wrestler, that's what he did. He revolutionized the game in a lot of ways, started that whole connection, and he did have a lot of bodies, but we have a lot of, like, like uh, justifications, like we have shootout rules and shit, yeah. like... <laughs> All this shit was he was in a gang warfare. They called in mercenaries to stop him. And I mean, they were called in to stop him from doing illegal shit by all means. But that's who they killed. They killed the other. The one innocent guy would be the guy that they burn up his house and shit. But also, he was that dude's business partner. So, Mm -hmm. like, he wasn't 
innocent. Mm-hmm. He had them in his fucking house and everything. So, but I mean, they did assassinate the dude, Tisdale and everything. So I'm going to go with the three. I'm going to go middle. I was going to say a four, but he does have enough, uh, enough bodies. And in the same way, when I judge these mob people, if they're the standard mob guy, like they're not excessive in their violence, but they are mobsters. They, they killed some people and shit. Mm-hmm. I give them a three. So in the same way, as far as, like cattle wrestlers go outlaws he was the run of the mill guy he did all that shit and he killed some people but i don't know i didn't get the sense that he was just out here being a dickhead like just shooting up towns and shit you know what i mean it's hard to blame you for bodies that you put up in a shootout because now you're just blaming you for being better well yeah. like when we were shooting at each other right so i was real good that's why i keep winning I'm, shootouts so, so that makes me the bad guy yes <laughs> the fuck are you talking sorry about sorry for being so fucking good <laughs> Tell him bring his Winchester. You keep oh, coming at me with six look, shooters, I'm going to get you. I'm that's fucking Jesse fucking, Evans. That's uh, John, uh, John uh, Kenny. 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 Yeah, John, John Kenny. Kenny. He got all jealous and shit. Like, oh, you're mad because I got off of a murder? Like, you're right. mad because I'm running the game good? So when you compare the Cowboys to the mob guys, there is this kind of certain, like, down-the-line protocol to where, to just be a successful guy, you don't hear the total numbers because they're pretty good. So some of that shit goes under the radar. But it's hard to blame them for being good at what they do. But when it doesn't seem like the excessive violence that pushes you over to the limit to, like, a straight cold-blooded killer or a psychopath or something like that. He's a game three. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes you don't got as much info, but he wasn't locking people up under ships and burning them alive and shit. So <laughs> yeah. I had to back back <laughs> on him. Zach, this is Crystal Palace. Sink Norad has declared DEFCON 3. Scramble all alert aircraft. I repeat, scramble all alert aircraft. So, you guys uh, got anything before we go? He fought the law, and the law... What, what, I forgot who the law was. They kept on <laughs> switching. All right. Well, this is Say Hello to the Bad Guy. Thanks for coming, and thanks for listening. Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. Hey. I come in last place. You smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. Good guy come in last place. You smell the dope when I pass by. Down bad, my mama had to be dead. Spent my birthdays in the trap. We had to work with what we had. She been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man. Plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the cam. And, and I don't need a hundred friends. I just want a hundred bands, a hundred jugs, a hundred scams. Hey, hey. So I don't money gram the hundred hams. So I don't money grab the bunch of bands. And I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the pistols. Fuck a judge with a grudge. I'm blowing crud for my mental ay, ay. And I still keep it on me. Run into your big homie. First you meet your dead homie. Ay. Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. You smell that dope when I pass by. Pass by. I like my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. And her ass fake. Hey, and she in love with the bad guy. Hey, but 
bad bitches never act right. Ay, she act up into that bag fly. Did a turn around in one night. Say hello to the bad guy. Ay, the good guy come in last place. Ay, you smell that dope when I pass by. Ay, I let my money at a fast price. Ay, say hello to the bad guy. Ay, 